0: This is episode 159 of the Biz Women Rock Podcast. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from businesswomen all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. I'm here with Niall Nickel, the founder of LinkedIn Focus, which is a phenomenal program that helps you cut through all the BS that you are taught out there about all these great things to do on LinkedIn and really gets down to the specifics, the real things that make a difference within LinkedIn to get you results. So Niall, I'm going to ask you for some insider's tips here. What is just one great thing that any of us as businesswomen can do on LinkedIn that will help produce results?
1: Well, you know, I used to use a Rolodex a lot. I guess that dates me as far as age goes. In (laughs) fact, let me ask you a question, Katie. Do you even know what a Rolodex is? I
0: do. Come on. I'm not that young. I appreciate Uh, that though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I thought that I might have to explain it to you, but you know, Rolodexes were great because not only did we have the the name and, you know, their you know, all their contact information, their phone number, their, you know, address, their fax number, emails, whatever. But we also typically had lots of notes on the Rolodex cards. Well, Rolodexes virtually don't exist anymore, but on LinkedIn, in somebody's contact information, they usually keep all of their information like their uh, current employer, their address, their phone numbers, emails, and all of that current. So you don't have to keep that current anymore. However, what LinkedIn allows you to do that most people don't know is in that contact information section, you get the ability to add notes, reminders, information on how you met, and tags to sort of put the the contacts that you have in different categories and those are only visible to you so it's nice that when you're talking to somebody uh, like katie you know hey i could you know scroll through here and figure out when you got married and so how many years is it and what your birthday is and all of that stuff when i'm talking with you maybe if it's in two weeks or a month you know i i sound like i really know who you are well i'm cheating i'm using the notes The nice thing about that is is it's available with you wherever you're at. All you've got to do is connect to LinkedIn and all that information is there. It's a great tip to use that most people don't know.
0: I love that. I had no idea that you could do that. So you heard it here first. If you want more great tips that are going to get you results on LinkedIn, go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. Nicole Johnson is my guest today. She founded the Baby Sleep Site, which is babysleepsite.com. She has produced a ton of great products, books, uh, and coaching sessions that are available for moms or dads who can't sleep because their babies are not sleeping. So tons and tons and tons. Over 600,000 visitors per month go to this website because they are sleep deprived, because their babies will not sleep. So, she provides them with a ton of really great solutions. What is so unique about this conversation with Nicole is that we literally, from the very beginning, dive right in to how she makes this business work, Um, how and why she's created these products, how she's pricing them, uh, her email marketing strategies. Her Facebook strategies, she's got one really cool Facebook strategy I'd never seen before and she just started using it and I thought it was brilliant. She had super success with it Um, and, you know, basically what she's doing to get so much traffic to her site and, of course, just like every great interview we have here, what's not so pretty about her business and what she still struggles with. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Nicole, so let's get going. Nicole, what's going on? How are you, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited you're here. When When I was doing my research about you, I I was telling you this earlier, like I kept stumbling across stuff from like a business perspective, like stuff that you have done as a business person, things that you have set up for the baby sleep site that I was just like, whoa, I've got to ask her about that stuff. <laughs> so I'm really excited to to be here. I mean, you you generally get asked to speak about you know, baby sleep patterns and, and about your knowledge of expertise. And so I'm really excited to be able to to get behind all that expertise and, and learn more about you. Um, tell us first how you even got started in, in this whole industry. How did you get started being interested in baby sleeping patterns?
2: Well, yeah, that's a funny story. So what happened was, well, I used to be a computer programmer, ironically, which is weird to go from computer programming to uh, being a sleep baby sleep expert but you know while I was working I started to going to going to business school and uh, during that process I got pregnant and I had a baby and that baby <laughs> is now nine years old and he didn't like to sleep and he still doesn't really like to go to sleep because it's boring <laughs> you know <laughs> So you know, sleep deprivation is a form of torture for a reason, and it was really pretty difficult that first year or so with him. And I started just reading everything about sleep. You know, I even read before I had the baby. You know, I I read books, and I thought I was prepared, and I just wasn't. You know, I didn't I didn't understand what sleep deprivation meant. You know, so once I started, you know. I don't know, eating up all of this information and everything and after I had the baby, I finished business school and then I went back to just being a mom and working at home. I I had my day job that I worked at home and and then after a while, I started helping other people on message boards online, helping other people with their baby sleep problems and after enough people asked me you know have you do you do you have a book of your own you should write a book the way you explain it so much better and different things and after enough people said that to me I said well maybe that's not so crazy and I decided to sit down and you know create a website you know after I had my second baby actually so I started the website with my second baby on my lap basically.
0: Wow holy cow so what was that like when um okay so you wrote the book like walk me through some of the steps that you took to actually launch this book and this website because that's that's now real you know like it's something real now
2: (laughs) yes well actually I didn't write the book um, at first so what I started with I just kind of started a blog I started writing different articles that had to do with baby sleep you know just little pieces rather than the entire book you know Um, and then I also created our help desk you know I you know being a computer programmer I'm thinking. Help desk, technical help desk. I'm helping people with baby sleep. It kind of, kind of clicks, you know. So I decided to create the help desk, and then it was only until later. I would say it took me, you know, several months to kind of write my book because i I didn't want it to be like the other books out there. I didn't want it to be 300 pages that a tired mom doesn't have time to read. Uh, So I really tried, you know, it's kind of an art to try to find, you know, saying. Telling some somebody information without overwhelming them, but still have it be useful and practical. That's the, my big thing: is that it should be practical and something most families can follow. So that's what I did. Um, and, but you know, I, now I have several eBooks and free eBooks that I offer on the website.
0: Gotcha. Well, and you brought up something that was one of the first things that really caught my attention when I was researching is your help desk. So right when, when you go onto to babysleepsite.com, um, the first thing that pops up is, you know, hey, can we, you know, let's chat, we'd love to help you right now. And immediately, like I, I clicked on it. And immediately, like someone was just like, hey, awesome, welcome to babysleepsite. How can we help you? And it's like live chat. How can somebody who does not know is not a computer programmer utilize something like that? And and what impact has it actually had on your business?
2: Well, okay, so what you're talking about is our live chat feature, which is really our customer service. Okay. And pretty much anyone can add that to their website. We we use liveperson.com, but there are other services as well and so that is a means for them to find out more information about us but not necessarily chat with a sleep consultant about their specific problems so my customer service team they will you know point you in the right direction give you a link to one of our articles or give you a free ebook or talk or talk you through what package you might buy if you want to speak with a sleep consultant that type
0: of thing got it okay and so um, and then you, and then your actual like um, consultant that you have. So th- this was one of the things that fascinated me. So you have a couple of different portals for people to get help, and and I liked that there are so many different options. So number one is this build out of the book, right? So you had the book, um, you know, you have a free ebook as well. So it's ways for people to start getting content and start trusting your brand and start saying yes, this is really good information and then you have all these products. Talk a little bit about how you built out the product selection that you have. Okay. Yes. So that's, you know, that's a very
2: interesting question. So I did start with a free ebook and I said, okay, first of all, I, as we grew, I knew that I can't help every single person that comes to the website. So I tried to, to figure out what are kind of five things that somebody can do right now that could help their situation and some of them will never need to buy anything you know and that's fine you know that's great you know in fact you know our goal our mission is to help babies sleep so i created the free ebook but of course that's not enough for just for everybody some people need more information so that's when i created the longer ebook that you kind of builds upon the free one and then you know, then I decided that sometimes people need even more help. So, uh, and they want to ask questions because you can't ask a book questions. So, mm. we also created this membership site. So now you can get access to the ebooks and we have member chat once a week where you can chat with a sleep consultant and ask quick questions. So, you don't have to necessarily purchase a whole big package or anything like that. So, we kind of just build with the idea that, first of all, your solution is not one-size-fits-all. We understand that different families have different needs and different solution and will have a different solution. So I kind of have that in mind across the entire site. So we will personally work with you if you need help or support and you want to ask questions. Some people are more detailed than others. Some people want more information than others. Some just want to be told what to do. You know, they're tired right. of reading. They've read five books. They all say something different. Just tell me what I should do with my baby. So that's what I had in mind all along throughout the website so you can have a free ebook if your budget's tight or you have a fairly simple case or easy baby or you can you know join our membership site and ask quick questions and get access to all our ebooks because your baby's eventually going to turn into a toddler and then you could read our toddler ebook or we have services where you can talk to me personally or one of my sleep consultants that I've hired since you know since we've grown
0: So I got to ask this because this is a really stupid question that just (laughs) popped up into my mind. But have you have you been on the receiving end of like crazy mom because of sleep deprivation? Like crazy as in like she's pulling her hair out going like rude. I mean, just going to go nuts. And you know that it's just because she's so sleep deprived oh yes but most of our
2: families most of our moms are very nice and appreciative that we're there and everything but occasionally you know we'll get like a rude email like you know they're just at their wits end and and we're just kind of we always keep in mind these are tired sleep deprived stressed out (laughs) new moms and we don't take it personally the first few are hard to take you know when I train a new sleep consultant you know it's hard at first but you know we we work through it and then you know, even the other day, one of my sleep consultants said that she received a rude email. Then she wrote back, and the mom said, "I'm so glad you're trained to deal with sleep-deprived moms." <laughs> and she was pretty apologetic and everything, so that wow. that really helps too. But most of our moms are just happy we're here to listen. You yeah, know?
0: no kidding. And I, I got to admit, that's one of the things that was really, you know, that did hit me when I was uh, looking over your website. Is like, man. Um, you know th- somebody will click this button for a one-on-one consulting gig because they're that they need sleep they're that desperate they want answers and they really you they have come to trust you to be able to give that to them yes do you what is your like success rate like it, has there ever been any case where you just can't help the mom or for whatever reason all of your different tactics are not working or and then if that's the case what do you do
2: Right. You know, success rate is very hard to quantify because a lot of times if we don't hear from you, they're doing pretty well, they just don't write back, you right, know, so right. it's really hard for us to know. I mean, we get emails almost every day saying, thank you, this is great, sleep is better, you know, that kind of thing. Have there been families we haven't been able to help? Yes. I mean, sometimes it's more the mom decides, I think she needs to be a little bit older, I'm going to wait a while. Mm. Sometimes it's been, there was this one mom, we ha- I worked with her for actually several months, and her son ended up... Up having sensory processing disorder but she was still so appreciative that I was there to help her through it and you know and so sometimes sleep is not perfect I will tell you that some moms right. come to us they want to continue co-sleeping they just want the baby to sleep better and for those moms success is waking up just twice a night instead of five you know so right. everybody's success looks a little bit different and so our goal is to kind of help you or help the moms on the journey and it's kind of up to them when they feel like it's quote-unquote good enough for now, you know, because babies aren't robots and so we don't We don't pretend to say, you know, work with us and it's going to be happily ever after because now your baby's going to go through a lot of changes and become a toddler and, you know, independent and terrible twos and all of that stuff, you know. so So,
0: many more different phases, right? Yes,
2: exactly. (laughs) The first few years have a lot of changes. So, you know, we don't pretend that it's going to be perfect forever after.
0: Right. Well, and you mentioned you get so many thank you emails, and I was looking over your testimonials page too, like your parents' stories page. Yes, I, I didn't. I was surprised at how far I needed to scroll down in order for the page to end. I mean, I, just pages and pages and pages of beautiful testimonials, from you know, quick little one-liners to long paragraphs about how awesome videos of just you know how grateful people are, and and I just. I, it just hit me like how powerful of a... This is such a painful pain point that I don't think give gets a lot of um, respect for how painful it is. Yes. <laughs> I think unless... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say... I, I'm not yet a mom, but like I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, unless you have owned your own company and, and been like a startup entrepreneur and you know what it's like to just not sleep because you're doing your business and you got to do it and or you're a mom and you... Um, you know, and you are raising your kid and they're not sleeping, I I don't think that you really get how much sleep deprivation really tweaks you out, like seriously changes your entire life.
2: That's right. I mean, it's really hard until you go through it, you don't know. And even moms who have babies that don't have sleep problems can't get it, you know, they just don't get it. And then even there's even smaller subsets. Some people I would say like a very small percentage of us, you know, including me, I had a baby who inspired a whole website and a whole business because right. there's a small percentage who are just have a very challenging temperament of a baby, you know, and even moms who have the other percent, which are more easier, you know, more easier to get to sleep, you know, that kind of thing, won't get what what I have gone through you know and sometimes I get clients who are going through similar things with me and even they say my friends just can't understand you know so it definitely is personal you know that parent stories page I don't think we've added a new story for over a year you know we have we have new stories that we put in the newsletter and we write family features now and feature a certain family but you know we kind of stopped adding to that page it was just getting so long but but yeah, I think once you go through it, then you start to really understand uh, how challenging sleep deprivation is. Like I said, it, it is a form of torture. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. And how miraculous and I'm deliberately using that word, how very miraculous it is when you find something that that definitely works. Um, yes, yeah, so
2: we we get some emails from people thanking them for saving their marriage. I mean, I mean oh, yeah. we feel like we are making <laughs> really good <laughs> impact here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Saving <laughs> marriages, one baby at a time. Yes, <laughs> one exactly. One baby at a time. <laughs> um. You mentioned to me before we got on air that you have you're getting an average of six hundred thousand people to your website every single month. Um, and I and I will make the flag that uh, in January of 2015 it was eight hundred thousand. Um, but you know there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, and there's a lot of things that you're doing that are that are making that possible. So I want to go into some of the marketing strategies that you're doing that are really working well for you. So um, let's just start uh, because as you mentioned it with capturing people's emails and doing a newsletter like what kind of email communication are you doing how often do you do it and what's the response that you have from people
2: right so yes so to get the traffic, we've basically just been writing articles. We have over, I don't know, 250 articles about sleep, you know, which is just, just crazy. But, uh, but there is that much information about it. So when someone asks a quick question, quote, unquote, and, right. you know, ask something, I say, well, we have lots of articles about that. Are but you the yes. one
0: writing the articles?
2: Not anymore. Uh, Occasionally I will, but now I I hired a freelance writer uh, and she helps write. I I edit. I'm like more the editor
0: now. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, So... So yes, so we offer a free guide and we gather people's emails and we we invite them in to you know kind of welcome to the to the family type thing and we're really here to be their village in a way and we we definitely understand that some people will never buy anything and that's fine they they still enjoy kind of hearing from us
1: mm-hmm.
2: so once they sign up then um, we send them their free guide and then we have a newsletter every Tuesday and then we have another kind of Smaller newsletter every Friday. That's a uh, Friday features, and that's kind of more short, short things. Um, and then actually, they also receive emails from past articles because one of the things we realized is that once we write this great article, and then we put it in our Tuesday newsletter, and then only a certain fraction of people ever get to see it. And then if you if you happen to sign up, you know, three months later, you never get to see that great article. You right. know, so. So on the other days, not Tuesday or Friday, we'll send out like um, articles that we think people would be interested in about you know schedules or um, or you know attachment parenting, different things, co sleeping, um, tips like that, naps, how to get longer naps, and that, that kind of thing. So we're emailing quite a bit, you know, and that was kind of something that we worked our way up to because I felt like I would be bugging people. And that's one thing. And some people have said you email too much, you know, (laughs) those people unsubscribe and that's obviously they're right and everything. And some people say, I love your emails. I, you know, I, my baby is now five years old, but I still read your newsletter because I want to know what's happening with your boys, you know, that kind of, that's great. So, you know, so, you know, we definitely email quite a bit. I would say when you first sign up, you're probably getting, Uh, an email, maybe three or four times a week. And then once you're past like the kind of the automated emails, then you
0: get them twice a week. Got it. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about what happens externally also to bring people in. You, one of the things that just blew me away was that I was looking on different social media platforms and you had a live chat on Facebook. I had never seen that before. And I consider myself pretty Facebook savvy, and, um, and it was brilliant. you had something like 430 people attend and they were asking you questions, you were answering, it was this whole live thing going on in the feed. Where, where did you get that idea and have they always been so successful or have you had to really, um, you know, cause it's like a live Q and A. So it's real, I'm, I would imagine it's a really great opportunity for people who are having challenges in the moment to be able to come and talk to you live. So what, how did you find out how to do those? And then what impact has that had on the business?
2: Right, well, okay, so a long time ago, years and years ago, I had free chat or a free chat on my website and it would get pretty busy every week and then I ended up deciding that I I put that into the membership site because it was too busy basically right and then just recently a a member of my team actually had the idea to do the Facebook chat so you know I was a little skeptical I I didn't know if a lot of people would come I I didn't know how that would work because I also know that if if 10 people ask me a question, it's really hard to answer a lot of questions in a small amount of time. Right. So really our Facebook chat that we just did a couple, you know, a week or so ago was actually our first one on Facebook that we had done ever. So I, I did not expect 400 people to ask questions in about, you know, in less than an hour. Wow. And I probably only answered, I don't know, 20 or 30 of them. It was, you know, pretty crazy. So, so we're, we're probably you know, going to do it again, but we're probably going to kind of change the format a little bit, maybe choose a topic that we're going to discuss or something like that uh, and trim it down a little bit. I don't know the impact it has had on the business yet. I, you know, I, I know that we didn't get really a spike in traffic, you know, that kind of thing. But, but one thing is that it's kind of just goodwill. You know, I want to help as many people as I can. If I spend an hour to help others, you know, that's kind of, you know, what I want to do, you know. Right. And, and good, good branding, so too. Fun.
0: I'm sorry? And good branding, too. I mean, it's like yes. if they're in there and they don't yet know about uh, about the site, they don't yet know about your brand, it's a really great way to be become that trusted person and brand right away.
2: Yes. And, and, you know, that's one thing that I love doing is interacting live with my families. I mean, when I talk to someone on the
0: phone, I mean, it really
2: makes a big difference, I think.
0: Right. What about any other social media strategies that you've used that have been really successful for you as far as and and success? You can tell me what the definition of success would mean for you, meaning Does that mean that you get more traffic to your website? Does that mean you get more people buying your products? Does that mean, you know, you're getting just more email opt-ins? Um, what, what have you done in social media that has worked well for you and why? Right. Well, I think just staying engaged on Facebook
2: has helped a lot. And also when somebody signs up for our free guide, we welcome them to Facebook. And I think also one thing that's been surprising is how successful Pinterest has been. So we've been pinning articles and different images and that kind of thing. And now we're getting quite a bit of traffic from them. I would say success is either becoming a Facebook friend or, you know, Twitter friend, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And and getting traffic to the site and people signing up for our um, to be on our new- newsletter. I mean, our mailing list. That you know, that's what I would consider success for mm-hmm. a campaign or a promotion. Right. Um, but I think just interacting with people and getting the you know getting them to share with their friends and you know uh, talk about us. That that's also very helpful.
0: Nicole, do you ever get give- bored of doing baby focused stuff because that's not where you are as a mom anymore. Like your boys are what, seven and nine now, right? Yes, they so they're are. even past toddler stage. And um I mean I know you've grown from sort of baby stuff to now you have a little bit of toddler information as well. But do you ever do you ever sort of get over it because you're not there yourself anymore?
2: Actually not, you know, I'm kind of surprised to be honest, but um but I kind of relive it every day with my clients and I think I just became so passionate about it that, you know, at least so far, I haven't um, gotten bored of it. And I just really love building the site and helping more and more people, you know, working with people in different countries and everything. And then I also have my team that I'm mentoring and leading and teaching. And, you know, for some reason, I just never get tired of talking about baby sleep. It's kind of weird. Will I feel that way in 10 years? I don't know, you know.
0: (laughs) That's a good sign. It's a good sign you're, you're doing the right thing. Yes. Um, you did mention your team. Talk a little bit about your team. You now have a team of up to, uh, I think you said about 15 people are part of the team that make the baby sleep site happen. Um, yes. you, what role do you play in the team?
2: Well, I'm basically the president and I kind of I'm kind of have a lot of hats, so it's kind of that's probably the most challenging part of my company is that I'm still trying to be a sleep consultant too and some some days that's really hard because I have a full deck of clients to to talk to, but right. then I also am the marketing director and the HR person and the payroll, you know, uh-huh. kind of pay, pay Is that because
0: you're like reluctant to let it go because that's what you really love about it all? Or is it just like, like you're scared to let that go?
2: No, neither really. I mean, sometimes it's just boils down to budget. I mean, yeah, for, for, right. I just don't have a lot of budget for middle management in a way, you know, mm-hmm. to, in that way. But I definitely have a big team and kind of how it works is that I'm basically the manager for various team members so I have like an assistant who helps me with marketing and I have an HR person you know and she reports to me but she does some of the work so I'm actually not afraid to delegate it it actually frees me up a lot but the more people you have it's like the busier you get almost because now everybody's working on different projects and then they come back to you for more direction or approval on this promotion or that you know so I'm not reluctant at all to let it go but somebody still has to make like the final decision and, yeah. you know, and, and,
0: uh, the I definitely still stopped with you still, Yes, right? exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it's mostly like I'm the manager managing all these different projects going on all at the same time. And so it definitely keeps me busy. And, you know, I, I do have some, uh, like I have a team lead for sleep consultants. So there's kind of a, um, someone in between us. So, right. so they can help too. And that, that's been very helpful as well.
0: What's one of the things that you've learned since two thousand and eight, and since growing your team of fifteen as a leader, that um, perhaps you learned the hard way, but you definitely learned this lesson, and it's helped you tremendously leading your company? Oh goodness, okay, yeah. so that's
2: that's a tough question, but I think being a leader for my company has its challenges because you know one interesting thing about the company is that we're all remote employees like none of us work in the same uh, office so so that's been you know interesting in that trying to build the camaraderie and you know the way that we communicate and everything um, has been challenging at times some things can come off the wrong way an email or that kind of thing so that's been pretty challenging Um, I think When This past year, we uh, formalized our internal structure a little bit more, and that's been kind of painful, I would say, (laughs) you know, just like becoming employees, and then we have an employee handbook and different things, you know, we've been around for quite a few years, but now we're kind of becoming this quote-unquote real company that we have to you know have policies and that is actually my least favorite part of running the company I'm I'm a very laid-back kind of person and, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm like you know just thinking that everything's going to go you know fine and stuff so that's been
0: challenging as well that's so funny how about any sort of like dark moment that you've had? Like, has there been a moment in your company where you were just like unsure about what you would be doing for your next step or, you know, just just a moment where you just broke down, you didn't know how you could move forward? Have you had one of those moments through that, throughout these years and how have you gotten past it?
2: Uh, yes, I mean, like I said, the last year has been kind of a rough year in terms of a couple of things. So um, first when Google changes their algorithm, it can negatively impact our traffic. And since we're a purely online company, you know, that can be hard. So last year, we did grow, but at a slower rate. But of course, since it's unpredictable, I had hired enough employees to keep up with the pace that we had grown before. So, so, you know, and then the other thing is that although we get 600, you know, 600,000 people a month, and you know, and we're you know, we're pretty successful. We're really not that profitable, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so a lot of times I've said, okay, this could be a nonprofit organization. You know, I haven't taken that step, but I'm still considering it just because it takes a lot to run the company. And when your mission is helping people, you know, and and you know, some people will feel like you're taking advantage of sleep deprived parents or something. So, you know, we've definitely been trying to keep our prices low and but then I have to be able to you know pay people and stuff right, so right. so it's been pretty challenging last year you know I was there were moments where I was like I don't know if we're going to make it you know but you know things have definitely turned around I did have to increase prices last uh August, you know, just because I said, you know, we can't make it like this. So right. so we did it and actually it's been going fine. You know, I was scared to take that step, but there there have been moments where I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make it. And the pressure is a lot. You know, I have a whole team of fifteen now relying on me. They have to pay their mortgage, you know, right. that kind of thing. And so, you know, I definitely had some breakdown moments last year, but, you know, but thankfully I, I work pretty well under pressure, so you know it kind of just drives me more, and we've been able to you know really thrive and this year so far is off to a great start
0: what do you what do you really do in those moments of pressure like what habits do you have that allow you to get beyond that? Well, I've really upped up you know
2: upped my in uh, exercise you know mm-hmm. I pretty much work out every day, even if it's something small, like doing you know Crunches and uh, squats, or something like that. I've been walking a lot. My husband bought me this Fitbit. You know, nice. I definitely talk to my husband sometimes about what's going on with the company, and you know, get some feedback and things like that. Um, I I wouldn't say sleep is what I do actually, but um, getting <laughs> a good night's sleep definitely helps. But I would say exercise probably releases my most of my stress the right. most.
0: <laughs> What do you, what is your big vision? Like you're kind of to this point right now, you've, you've built this really great company, but there's so much more potential is what I really see. I mean, there's, there you, there's so many great things that you can continue to do and you could only do those because you built up such a phenomenal company already. So what is your big vision? How do you want to move forward?
2: Right. Well, that's been the challenging thing because as we grow, scaling has definitely been more difficult. So Uh, You know, a few years ago, I was faced with, okay, I neither need to raise prices again or hire someone to help me with the sleep consulting part because I can't do it all, you know. So, I hired my first sleep consultant and I wasn't sure how that was going to play out. Would I be able to teach someone else the way that I do things? You know, I feel like I'm kind of specific in how I do it. Uh, I'm not one size fits all. I don't like this whole, your baby should be doing this, so... You know, if it's not working, that's your fault or something like that. It's more about finding what works for each individual family. So I hired my first sleep consultant and then now I've hired quite a few. I think we have uh, maybe seven or eight sleep consultants now besides me. Uh, But that's been very challenging in terms of how to grow the company. Sleep consulting is very kind of emotionally um, I, I would say draining in a way right. but in a good way like you're helping people but it's not like you could do this 10 hours a day because right. you know it's just takes a lot out of you and you you really give your all to your clients and so I've had to have a lot of sleep consultants that don't work full-time it's more like a part-time job so but the more sleep consultants I have the more people I have to manage and that's been hard to scale really right so you know, so I definitely see a lot of potential. We now have created an automated product for, you know, it's called an express sleep plan to kind of kind of help there. So for some families who don't necessarily need all of the individualized attention that we sleep consultants can provide or want to provide, uh, they can, you know, create their own sleep plan kind of thing so I'm trying to find different ways like that so we can scale the company without necessarily uh, adding you know 200 sleep consultants that I can't manage by myself you know kind of thing Uh, so we're looking in there now there's A lot of different directions we could go you know we can go into potty training or different areas but I haven't taken that leap yet because the baby sleep site is still growing so much that it takes still a lot of time and effort to manage that growth so until that starts calming down I really don't think I could take it in many other different directions but I think long-term thinking there's definitely more potential out there
0: yeah well, Nicole, I really I I'm I'm I keep wanting to ask you so many questions. There's like eight thousand more questions in my mind, but um but you have shared so much about how your internal business works, the journey that you've had to to create what you have now and and baby sleep site, I mean it's just phenomenal what you've created so far. And I'm really excited to see how things continue to build. Um, but I just really want to thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh well thank you so much for having me. I love talking about the baby sleep site and any form and fashion.
0: (laughs) Totally love Nicole, loved her energy, loved her passion and really loved that she was so willing to open up about all of her processes, her challenges, all the great things that she does and how she makes it all work. Hope you had a great time listening today. And I hope you got something, at least one nugget that really stuck with you of something that you can now try and apply to your business or maybe something that you should stop doing because you heard Nicole say something about it. Usually that's the case. Anyway, have an amazing day and I'll see you on the next episode.